Hi everybody, I'm Gary Thorne. We're going to go digging into the archives on these sports rivals today. We are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Well, believe that the Army-Navy football game is one of the great rivalries in any sport, a tradition looked forward to each season. Even in this, the time of the coronavirus, it's going to be played even at a different time and in a different place. Nevertheless, that tradition will continue. And we're going to hear from a couple of people who have participated in that great Army-Navy rivalry. We remind you to head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Now, Army, Navy. Our purpose here on these sports rivals is to uh, preserve the memories of some of the great classic sports rivals of our time. And we do it through the words of the participants, those who were involved directly in them. These are the rivalries that are described uh, really from the inside out. Today, our guests are Keegan Wetzel, who played uh, at Navy, at the Naval Academy, and uh, obviously played in the Army-Navy game in 2012, he did. In that season, um, Keegan was a linebacker. He made the first team all independent universities as a linebacker that season. And uh, he played against the uh, Army team that was quarterbacked by Trent Steelman. Trent was the only Army player to start at quarterback for four seasons in the modern era. He still holds uh, records in uh, touchdowns for Army. He is number one, and he is second in the yardage gained in Army football history and uh, played all four years at that quarterback position. Of course, the Army, we talk about rivalries. I mean, you have to mention the Army-Navy football game when you talk about rivalries. This thing goes back to 1890, and Army-Navy have played football against one another continually since 1930. There is tremendous pageantry that goes with these games, as you all know, uh, with the academy uh, members showing up, filling the seats, doing the cheering, and all that goes on before and after these games. It has brought us the likes of the great Glenn Davis and Roger Staubach, who came out of the academy football. And over the years, the teams have played very tight. I mean, Navy uh, is ahead overall in games one, 61 to 52 with seven ties. But these games have traditionally been the end of the college football season. They have been a highlight of every college football season since they began. And the Army-Navy game continues to be so today. So we are delighted to have Keegan Wetzel, who is from Navy, and Trent Stillman, the quarterback who played at Army, joining us here today to talk about that rivalry. Keegan, let me, let me start with you, and let's just look at the big picture. What was it like being involved in Army-Navy football? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was everything you signed up for, for sure. I, I didn't grow up knowing anything about the service academies or even knowing if I was going to try to play football in college. And uh, I felt lucky enough to, to get some attention, and my dad had been a Marine Corps officer. So even though I didn't feel like – I felt like the military was a sacrifice more than it was, um, you know, something to be gaining something from. But he was a pretty strong force in being able to show me the, the opportunities and not just what you'd be giving up or sacrificing – um, and then, you know, as I was getting recruited, I started to read books like uh, Civil War um, and, and read about some of the greats that have played in Navy and read about the rivalry. And 
uh, it just became so much bigger than a game. You know, when you're at school, you're you're a student athlete and you have to balance everything that all student athletes do. And it's certainly not easy, but playing football at Navy, I think, gave me the greatest sense of purpose, greatest sense of brotherhood. You hear that word thrown around a lot that I'd had in, in any endeavor. Um, and it's something that, you know, you hear guys who, who fought in Desert Storm or Vietnam or Korea, and they talk about those four or five years of their life for the rest of their life. I think people who play, you know, Army and Navy football, are kind of the same. You talk about that four years for the rest of your life. It's a very impactful period. So uh, for me, it was an opportunity, I think, to, to try to excel at a high level of football, which we all aspired to play. But typically, if you're getting recruited to a service academy, you didn't have that Big Ten or, or Pac-12 or SEC offer come through, right? Or you probably would have taken that mm-hmm. one. So yeah. you're not going there with the intent to play in the NFL, even if you have dreams of that, which I think Trent and I both did. He obviously uh, had a much better shot and, and was a much more uh, celebrated athlete. But uh, it was it was everything he was cracked up to be and, and much, much more. You know, when coaches come and sit in your living room as a, as a high school athlete and sell the dream, it's, it's tough to see as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old. But um, it's something I'll hang my hat on forever. You know? How about you, Trent? Um, I mean, definitely. Um, just to, to kind of reemphasize what Ken said, it's um, it, it really is America's game, and when you have the opportunity to to step back and, and view it from an outside perspective, like I've had over um, the past several years, um, outside of playing in the game and, and being at the academy, I've been to. Uh, two out of the last three and just to see like you said the pageantry the pride um what the game really represents because when you're playing obviously you're tied up in the pregame and the mills and and the film study and you don't really get to see everything that goes on in in the so-called outside world or the tailgating world but just to see the sense of pride that, 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 that the people have for the game and how much it really means uh to each individual that either has some type of investment into the academy, uh, whether a son or daughter or whatever it may be, and even those that don't, that just have a true respect for the red, white, and blue, it's 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 really something special and, and memorable. But, I mean, the game alone has taught me more about life than anything ever has up until that point in my life. And, and the takeaways, even though – we came away with four losses, but the takeaways that we were, that I was able to gain has, has made me into the husband that I am, the father that I am, and now the coach that I am and aspire to be. Um, it, it really is America's game, and it's the only game in the world, the only football game in the entire world where everybody drops what they're doing and, and, and tunes in to, to something that represents this country and represents the men and women that are getting ready to go make a sacrifice. Keegan, when uh, when Trent was talking about the uh, the takeaways, can you can you breach that a little bit for you? What were the takeaways that have stayed with you from the fact you played football at Navy? Oh, I mean, I think it's everything, right? Uh, athletes generally, I think, will will be able to draw on some of those experiences to succeed either in their families um, as husbands or wives or, or in their workplaces or in any endeavors they take on it's entrepreneurship. But I, I think things that, that seem so simple or so straightforward uh, for people who played football at a service academy, people who just attended a service academy 
right? And has that background of, of service. Uh, somebody asks you to do something, you do it, you complete it, you do it well. You know, you want to have pride in anything you're going to stamp your name on. Uh, I definitely, I learned all of that, you know, from Coach Niamalolo, from Tony Grantham, from the coaches I had at the academy, from the teachers I had, from the military instructors and professors. And it wasn't something so much I think that's taught as it's caught. You see the example in front of you, and then you want to emulate that. Uh, and then now being in the civilian world and outside of the military, it's funny sometimes I catch myself just flabbergasted at things that, that you know, are hardwired into me for better or worse that uh, other people don't even fathom or wouldn't even think about on a daily basis. So, um, I mean, as, as a foundational period and like as a, as a young man, kind of coming of age, uh, getting prepared to go start a career in the fleet and, and then getting an opportunity to play at, a, at an extremely high level. And then playing the game where, you know, I've heard it said that on multiple like CBS uh, little spots that it's the only game where everybody playing in the game is willing to die for everyone watching. You know, in the worldwide audience of people stationed all over the world who exactly like Ben said, they stop what they're doing for three or four hours and, uh, and nothing else matters. And on that day, you're just bitter, bitter rivals. But every other day of the year, you're uh, your allies. It's it's something special. I was wondering, you know, one of the things I've always wondered is how athletes, whatever the sport, but particularly in football, how do you ever find time? How can you do that with the program that you're under at each of the academies? Uh, Trent, I'd ask you, ask you that. How difficult was it to be a football player while you're going through all the academy process? Well, I think that that's the beauty of the academy in itself and why the academies are the best institution, the best leadership institution in the entire world, because every day you're faced with adversity and you have one or two options. You can roll over or die or you can find a way. And the ones that are successful and go on to be successful officers and, and businessmen and women in life are the ones that do find a way. And, and not only find a way, but find a way to do it at the highest level um, because it, it's something different every single day. And you're going to be pushed to your limits. You're going to be tested like you've never been tested before. And you find out a lot about yourself and your mental capacity and your physical uh, capacity. And it teaches you time management skills. If, if you lack time management and you lack uh, being able to prioritize and and find what's important to you, then you're going to struggle at the academies. And so if you want it bad enough, you're going to find a way to be successful in every pillar. And obviously there's three different types of main pillars, which differs from any other college program in the entire world. You have military, you have your academics, and then below that comes athletics. And so you, you, you force yourself to – complete every task at the best of your ability. And then at the end of the day, here comes football, which is your relief in a way uh, to escape everything that's going on and go do what you love. And I think having that as the number three options accentuates your, your athletic abilities. It accentuates your drive for the game because, okay, now you can drop all that. You can go be a normal person and go play college football. And that just – it accelerates your, your development and, and it teaches you to understand what's important and the focus you have to have on your craft in order to, to play at the Division One level. How about for you, Keegan? What was the question again? What was the time? Uh, how did you find playing and with the, with the time requirements, restraints that you had because of all you had to do 
as far oh, as yeah. your academy was concerned. It was early. I mean, you just learned that like four hours, five hours of sleep is normal, which it's not. And it's a lot better to be able to sleep more now. But for a short time there, like, I don't know what it was like for Trent and, and playing at West Point, but I would assume it's much the same. Like by the time you get to practice, I mean, you've had treatment in the morning. Uh, you're taking 18 to 22, 24 credit hours. Uh, you're doing film over lunch. You're, you know, missing formations, but you're like sprinting to the football building to try to get some study in or treatment. Uh, you're you're taking hours in the afternoon. You're at practice for two hours. You're hitting a lift afterwards. Um, I remember like a, a 12 to 15 minute nap was something I could program in. And I could do it sitting up in my locker with my pads on, getting ready to run out to practice. Like I remember sleeping under my desk and in my closet as a plebe, trying to like find a nap here or there because you're not allowed to sleep. You're not allowed to change out of your uniform for the whole day. You have to wear a uniform for the whole year, even in the evenings. That's a PT uniform. You know, so little things like that, you just find such appreciation for for finding like a little bit of rest or a little bit of relief. But then you also like what most people are resting for all day. It's like your leftovers. You get to put your leftovers into football. Um, and there's so many days where I didn't want to put the pads on at all. I didn't want to. I was sore. I was tired. I was beat up. I was taped up. And then 10 minutes into practice, nothing else matters. You know, for us, we're running around on the Severn, cool breeze blowing in, probably pretty muggy in Annapolis. Um, but it's like not, like everything else just washed away. You know, there were no worries for two hours. Uh, you lived your life by five-minute periods when Coach Niamatololo blew that whistle. And, and that's just that's all that mattered. And you could just focus on that, what was right in front of you for a little while. Does that sound familiar, Trent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to say the least. I mean, even – playing the position and the offense that you know we ran as a triple option team um i, I remember uh, after game days um on saturday i wouldn't be fully recovered until friday of the next week and then you wake up on saturday and have to go do it again and so like keegan was saying like you you learn to appreciate the small things that just give you a slight advantage maybe not in the realm of college football, but just in the daily life of being a cadet, like, you got to find a way to, to put yourself in a position to succeed. And you, you find these little nuances that'll help you uh, along the way. And, and I always tell the kids that ask me about my experience and, and the ones that are willing and, and want to, to go to an academy, you have to literally look one minute ahead. If you have a, a long-term scope and a long-term view You'll never make it. You got to take it minute to minute, day to day, week to week, month to month, and year to year, and eventually you'll find yourself at the finish line. Wow. Hey, let's turn to uh, 2012. You, you two literally faced each other. Here is Trent Steelman, Army quarterback, and here is Keegan Wetzel on his way to a first-team all-independent linebacker position. Keegan, let me start with you. In preparing for that game in 2012, you were looking at Trent, who was one of the leading ground gainers in the country. Great runner out of that, out of that triple that they ran. Tell me what it was like preparing and what you were. You really didn't know him. What you, what your thoughts were in preparation for that game? No, I mean I'd, I'd watched film on Trent for years, though. I would, I would, you know, you got a flashback to the 2009 Army Navy game. I'm in the stands mm -hmm. and Trent's starting as a freshman. You know, I'm not even I'm not even suited up for the game. And so I'd watched Trent for a long time. And I came in as a safety 
and that didn't last very long due to my speed. Uh, but, you know, then moving to linebacker, learning a new position, we played against the option every day. So that wasn't anything new, but Army ran it a little bit different. They ran it a little bit more like in your face. Uh, there was less kind of window dressing. There was more just downhill, uh, you know, put it on the ground and, and pound the ball up the field. And they were running the ball really, really well. I think they led the nation in rushing in 2012. So preparing for that game was uh, an increasing amount of pressure over the years to not be the team that lost to Army. You know, that was like an unwritten rule that was kind of uh, under the, I think 2012 was the 11th year in a row that we won. Um, but, you know, the three years before I was playing special teams for two of them and in the stands for one. And so I didn't even really play that much, but, but they had some good backs on that team. Um, Trent had been under center for a long time. I'd watched him tear people up. Uh, he was obviously very smart. He was, he was really athletic and, um, he'd make the right reads and he'd hit it up and keep it himself when he could. Um, and then they'd surprise you like all option teams do and put it in the air every now and then. But they were, they were pretty clear that it wasn't how they were going to try to beat you. And we knew that they were running these real wide splits that were kind of throwing off our reads a little bit uh, on how to take the dive away. And there were a couple of times I definitely got caught early in the game. I remember being back up on our goal line right before they scored. Uh, I got caught just looking in the backfield and took one right in the chin from the tackle, who's typically reaching up to the linebacker or potentially looping out to a corner. Um, and, and they changed up their blocking team just a tad. And we were slow. We were slow to react. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not getting into the game, not just preparing for it, but uh, they, were, they were getting big, big chunks, uh, you know, six, seven, eight yards at a time, which doesn't sound like a lot to people who watch, you know, West Coast spread offense football. But when you're playing an option team that gets that every single down, not only does it wear you down physically, it starts to wear you down mentally, which is where an offense can win a game. And like Trent said, you know, on offense, especially the position he's playing, you got to know everything at like everything on the field as a linebacker, you got to look at one dude and try to hit him. You know, it's not a super complicated position, uh, but preparation for that got a little turned upside down early in that game. We, we felt like we had their wrinkles figured out. We felt like, you know, we put the option every day. This was just about execution. It wasn't about overthinking. We didn't change up much of our routine. Um, but you got to take into account too, the preparation for the army game is like a season in, a, in and of itself. I don't think many people realize that there's the last game of the season for conferences, which the following weekend, there's all the conference championship games. Then the following weekend, the only game on TV is Army Navy, right? One of the things that just adds to kind of the celebration of that game. And I, I love that that day is earmarked for it, but that's three weeks of preparation for one game, right? There's, there's a mental battle that takes place in there too, of staying prepared and letting your body rest up, but not getting too soft and not getting lazy, uh, you know, of preparing, but, but not taking too many rep, mental reps where you're not actually looking at what's going on in front of you. So I think the preparation was one of, this is a good team. We've got to execute and hold them to one score a quarter or one score a half was the most that we felt like we could let up. Um, not that you ever want to let up points. And we needed to strike first and, and finish the half well, which which is what Buddy Green had really been pushing our defense to do the whole season. And we honestly had not executed that well. So uh, I think we went in knowing that we had a lot of underclassmen playing. They were a really senior offense. Maples was a great back as well, in addition to Trent. And we were, we just knew that it was probably going to come down to us. We had, we had some young guys on offense as well. And to give them a chance, we really needed to execute well. And early on, we didn't, we didn't do that great of a job. Trent, looking back, I know this was a really, this is a senior year for you. 
had lost the three games against Navy in the previous seasons, and, and you you were so close in this one. Army would lose this game. Navy won 17-13, to 13, and, and it, it, it finished in a roar at the end when Navy came back to win in the fourth towards the end of the ballgame. Talk about that game as you look back on it now. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a game that'll obviously sit with uh sit with you for forever. Um you know, we we knew we were going to face a tough minded opponent and and we knew that it was going to be a grind down and down and up. Um but you know, honestly that's a game from just an offensive perspective and production standpoint. We felt like we should have won. Um but the game in itself is just it's like your four years of the academy, especially that year where you, we knew we had to come in with the mentality to, to win one rep at a time and, and force our will upon theirs. And, and that's all those academy games come down to is what team can go out there and be more tough-minded and what team can execute better and just stick to what you do and not try to, to get outside of your identity. And, and, and like Egan said, that, that was – what where our focus was and what our main priority was is not straight too far from from our identity and we were in a pound of rocket and at the end of the day uh, we were going to try to score more points than they did however we saw fit um but um obviously just just the, the unfolding of that game was was unbelievable i mean uh, in my opinion it's it's definitely a, a classic especially within the realm of the army navy game and and uh, for for the game to come down to a final drive and then the way it did, it hurt. Um, but at the same time, it's it's one that uh, that I'll look back on and just be appreciative for for everything that that came about and how it all unfolded. And uh, after that, as uh, Keegan mentioned before, you're I mean here are all of you uh, men, women at all of the service academies with one purpose in mind ultimately and yet you get into these games army navy and you become a rival for an afternoon and yet you two who didn't know each other other than on the field before that game uh, have kept some kind of a contact going i mean it's not a close friendship maybe but but something developed between the two of you that that said i want to just keep track of what the heck's going on with the other guy can you talk about that keegan yeah, I think um, I don't know. Maybe maybe this will relate more to guys that have played sports than gals. But multiple times throughout my athletic career, you kind of had beef with somebody, even on your team. You kind of have friction with somebody, and it almost always results in a fight. You know, in either football or basketball or whatever sport it was in high school. Definitely in college, you know, fought a couple teammates, and it just kind of boils over when you have that friction. I think, and then afterwards, I guess the important part is there's this like uh, unspoken resolution. And that you have like this mutual respect for the other person and what they stand for. And I think the same can be said of, of the Army rivalry, rivalry, especially the way that I viewed Trent. Like I, I looked up to the guy. I mean, he is one of the most storied quarterbacks to ever play in that rivalry and definitely to play at West Point, which is a school with a long list of accomplished athletes. He, he accomplished some serious feats and that program had not been doing that well. And it was clear every single year that they were picking up momentum. And so, um, I don't think right after the game we talked too much. You know, Trent had a, a shot in the NFL, and I did as well. He got picked up as an undrafted free agent, I, I believe, with the Ravens. I went to rookie minicamp with the Bears, 
uh, you know, and that lasted a handful of days, which was cool. It was a cool draft class, but, but I followed Trent and I, I wanted him to succeed. And I was, I was, I was a big cheerleader for him from afar because I really wanted more service Academy athletes to make it in the NFL. I thought it gave great attention and sponsorship to the academies. Um, I thought it was a highlight for those players that were able to balance uh, academics and military duties with athletics and still succeed at the highest level. You know, there's only a handful of people that have done that. Um, so following from afar, I think a couple years later, maybe three or four years later, I was walking through the parking lot at the Army Navy game in Philadelphia. My sister went to the Naval Academy a few years behind me, and uh, I saw somebody wearing a Steelman jersey. Uh, and then I looked next to him, and I believe it was Trent's dad, and I saw Trent. And I was like, yo, what's up? And we exchanged contact information at that time. And I followed him on Instagram and social media and saw that he was getting into coaching. And I don't know, I've just always had a mutual respect um, for for somebody who's a great in the game that I appreciate and respect so much. Um, so I, I don't know, I've always I've always looked up to and respected Trent that way. No, so how about you? Yeah, no, it, it's just, it's funny because obviously the academies are all around levels and you – it's ingrained in your mind to be at Air Force or be Navy, and when you're on the field, you you have this kind of mutual hate for for one another. But then you start meeting these guys outside of football and outside of the academies, and you realize that you you're not too different. You're all very similar. You're all very normal guys, and you all at the start of your journey came to the academy to to do one thing, and that was to play football. And then obviously later on, you understand the significance and the, the pageantry and the honor that comes with being um, an academy grad. But I remember after that final game of my senior year, um, just the way it all unfolded and, and the PR that was put out uh, with the way the game ended, um, I got thousands of emails, letters, phone calls, and but I remember in messages, and but I remember one was from Keegan, and he just he wrote me a long message on Facebook, and um, just basically stated his respect for for my play and what I've been able to accomplish, and and that's that's a memory that'll stick with me forever because, like I said, those guys you don't know them as well as your teammates, but you're not too far apart. And you all, you all have one mission in mind at the end of graduation, and then you start to build this common bond and you stay in touch. And now I got some of my best friends are from Air Force and from Navy um, because you just have that commonality and you have that relationship. And, and it's, it's hard to explain your experiences as a cadet or as a midshipman to anybody else other than the people who have gone through it. And so you you have an instant connection because you can relate to their struggles and everything that they've gone through. So it, it, it was neat. It's great. It's huge. You, you start feeling like you're kind of looking in the mirror, right, Trent, when you, oh, when yeah. you, meet, some other guys. you meet their parents and their families and their backgrounds. You figure out their uncle served and their grandfather served. And I don't know, it's like you, you can grow up thousands of miles apart. You can never know each other, you know, you, but – it, there's an attraction, there's a magnet to the academies and the service academy football for like the same type of person, the same level of character and integrity, I would say. And and you learn some of that along the way for sure. But um, I was going to ask, if, if sorry, Gary, I was going to ask Trent uh, about the, the previous Army-Navy games. I was curious because I didn't really get a chance to play with special teams in those. You know, Trent, you played against like some of the all-time greats on our defense. 
Wyatt Middleton, Ross Cospisil, Jabari Tawani. Uh, in those previous Army Navy games, I've just never had a chance to ask you, you know, what was the feeling kind of like coming through the ranks, uh, playing as an underclassman in that game too, and, and getting like a chance every year at, and some of those were, were all-time great defenses. Um, sure. Ours was, was maybe a little bit more of a recovery, but I, I think we still did okay. Um, but what was that like, man? Uh, playing as an underclassman in that game had to be a totally different experience too. It, it is. I mean, I just remember my freshman year, just literally the first half being a blur. <laughs> just just the entire experience and hype around the entire game. And, and coming into that, I mean, it's, it's hard to even pull memories from that freshman year because you're just you're in a way you're, you're starstruck that you're actually in this type of venue in this type of game and i remember that freshman year that defense was stout i mean y'all had some real guys i can't remember the linebacker's name i still remember him 54 was big um collar on the back. simmons i think yeah yeah but those big oklahoma boy Yep, and they flew around and they hit. Um, but then over the next two years, you you know what to expect, and so you kind of fall into a rhythm. And then obviously by the se- my senior year, it, it just becomes another game. And I think that's the biggest uh, thing and emphasis for, for that game in itself is that you got to remind yourself that it's just another college football game. Um, but just to see – the the progression of defenses year in and year out quite honestly there's not there wasn't a huge gap between my freshman year and my senior year I just think for me personally it was just uh, being in that type of atmosphere and and maturing and growing and just knowing how to calm myself down in those type of in those type of venues Guys, why don't we leave the folks with uh, just a, a final comment from each of you on uh, where are you now? What are you doing, Keegan? Yeah, I'm out in uh, Southern California. Got out of the Navy a little over a year ago. Uh, really appreciated my time in. But, uh, you know, the Navy taught me a lot and, and football taught me a ton. And uh, it's made me very ambitious and, and want to go accomplish some other things. So I enjoy being in Southern California. I'm working in um, – service-oriented software, selling augmented reality software, and um, looking maybe get into the real estate game down here. Yep. I, I don't think I'm leaving California anytime soon. I've appreciated, looking back on it in hindsight, that the Navy is always going to station you on a coast somewhere. <laughs> I didn't, didn't make that calculation when I was 17, but I'm appreciative of it now. Um, yeah, so I think I'll be here for the foreseeable future. Trent, you stayed with the game. Yeah, uh, I, the game's been my life, and uh, I mean, quite honestly, without the game, I, I wouldn't be an academy graduate. Um, it, it, it's brought me to to my accomplishments, um, not only as a football player, but like I said, as an academy graduate. And I, I, there's no way I could have got myself through it without it, and um, and without the game, I, I wouldn't have my wife and my two boys, and so um, it it holds a special place in my heart and I feel like my duty is to, to find a way to give back and I can do that through coaching and, and I love being around guys that I can mentor and, and show them what right looks like and what right is and, and just be a, a significant person in their development um, as a man and so it's uh, it's it's been awesome and it's been life-changing it's been eye-opening and 
you know, that's that's the career path I've chosen and, and what I love to do. Good for you. Guys, uh, Keegan Wetzel and uh, Trent Steelman, thank you so much. This has been just a joy uh, for me, just as a fan, to listen and uh, to hear you talk about this great rivalry and what it meant for the two of you and, and directly, personally, what you guys went through. And let me say, uh, on behalf of uh, all of us, thank you for your service. We really appreciate it, and we don't forget it. And that is going to conclude another chapter of the Sports Rivals. You can learn more about this and other uh, episodes. Just log on to thesportsrivals.com and you can join the conversation with questions and suggestions for future shows. You can follow us on Instagram at thesportsrivals, Twitter at rivals underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for the Sports Rivals podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Our thanks to Keegan and Trent for being with us here on this edition. Thank you all. And remember, it is the rivalries that make the games. Be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.